Hello and welcome to the Star Trek podcast, Trek This Out. I'm your host, Bob, uh, and I'm joined by our full cast and co-host this week, Andrea. Hello. John. Hello. Suki. Hello. And Lindsay. It's not even a language. What was that? On this week's show, we're reviewing uh, episode 8 of Star Trek Picard, series 1, Broken Pieces. We'll be giving our lights out of 5, reading out your feedback to the story and voting for this week's red shirt. But let me get this warp drive engaged. Let's get on with this podcast. Anyone got got any gossip before we crack on? Um, I think Convention Watch is uh, hotting up. Um, it looks like DST Dortmund and FedCon, I think, are very unlikely to go ahead. Um, I think that's going to be a decision by the, the German government rather than um, by the convention organisers. I've seen no official announcements. Um, I think somebody probably needs to make a decision on those relatively soon. Um, there's a little bit of talk about moving cons to new dates, even UK-based ones, um, but I, I think it's all very much up in the air. Um, you look at the flight situation, I, th- I think the guys who are on the Star Trek cruise have been really lucky. Um, and I think any sort of further into the year and it wouldn't have happened. No, my da- dad, my dad, he's just, uh, he lived in Spain half the year and he's just he's just come back yesterday. Um, but I just read, read the news this morning that they're literally were turning, like not letting planes leave Spain uh, and they were turning around halfway to the UK, well, back must, to Spain. It and all must that. be bad because they've shut the bars in Benidorm. There is nowhere more German festive than a Benidorm bar, and if they've closed the bars, it's like it's game over, kids. It's getting really bad, isn't it? It's going to yeah. affect, I think, everything. Don't uh, stress me out over this, please, though. Uh, <laughs> I've got a daughter downstairs. Because it was all stressed us out. Haven't they just told uh, anybody over 70 has to stay indoors now? No, yeah, that's that, stressing more mum out as well. Well, no, that, they, they haven't said that officially yet it was just said like we're going to advise this at a certain point but mm. but we don't know what it's 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 really bad um and i sort of i'm a bit like ignoring media and all that kind of stuff because it does me head in but it's yeah it's really started to affect stuff we're cancelling things um you know and just in general and it's just not very nice um the- it's not but it's a boom time for a podcast a very the- small spark of light in foot is a pretty grim situation well, but genuinely the, the other upside for this is because they're also uh stopping production in america on tv shows i can now catch up with everything that i've got on my back back catalog <laughs> right so i'm, I'm liking yeah. this in in happier news, yeah. it looks like the Pike spin-off has got the green light. Yes. Um, it looks like that's definitely happening. So it's just a shame it's not ready to watch while we're all quarantined, but um, it, it, that is definitely happening. Yeah, um, so that. there's going to be a lot of new Star Trek to enjoy. Made me very happy, got, that. I think, I think that a fifth season of Discovery is confirmed as getting the go-ahead. Um, there's two seasons of Section 31. There's the Lower Decks. There's an unnamed project, mm. um, which is going to be the Locker Show. It's going to be the Locker Show, honest. <laughs> um, just, I'm just sending power vibes now. Just, just, to, lo- to, just to loads fight. of EMH Lockers everywhere. Um, oh, please don't. Can we, can we have the Lorca and Janeway show? I feel like that could be quite a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll be glad. <sighs> 
The Lorca and Janeway show. The, yeah. the first ever Discovery fanfic I read was a Lorca Janeway crossover. And it was quite juicy, I have to say. Um, respect to uh, if, if anyone reads it, if anyone's a reader on EO3, have a look at Mia Cooper's work. Um, you might enjoy it. Wow. <laughs> there we go. Uh, has anyone got any more goss? I'm sure I did, but I can't remember for the life of me what it was. So. Oh, well, I say coronavirus affects the mind as well. So you never know, Lindsay. Be careful. Anyway, should we crack Do on they- with this? Hey. Do they say that, Bob? I mean, is that fake news? Is yeah, that that's something ab- I should be worried about? Absolutely fake news, John. Um, All right. Let's, let's talk about Picard. We just came 25 light years in 15 minutes. I noticed a little turbulence. We call it Capelius. I was born there. Do they hate us? I really don't think so. I'm picking up five bogeys coming right at us. All power's gone. What do we do about it? Brace yourself! Starship Picard, episode eight, Broken Pieces. Uh, I'm going to do a little fact hunt before we crack on with our review. Uh, written by Michael Sherbon, um, who we know has got a lot of Star Trek accolades, etc. Uh, it was directed by uh, Mayor Vavillo. V- 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 for Villa. Nice. I just, I just you got it. you struggling with all these. You got it. No, yeah. Bob, you've got it. Got it. I got it, Sucky. I got both of them. Charbon, because I know that, because you talked yeah. to people told me, and then Mayor Vivillo, ha, who is directed The Impossible Box, which is episode six of uh, Picard, she's done Discovery, Perpetual Infinity, and a short Treks episode, Runaway. Fact hunt over. So, what did you think, Andrea? I've got five pages of notes. Oh, excellent. Um, it, it, do you know what it was? It, I'm, it, I'm not saying this is a criticism, but it felt like a massive info dump before the finale. Um, and I think it was well done, and I think it was all important, but I just felt like a lot happened. Like a See, lot. I just assumed that that was one each for each of the uh, Rios. Rios's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got things to say about that scene. Uh, <laughs> so do I. So do yeah, I. Me, me too. Me too. Probably for a different reason, though. Uh, yeah, I thought. Well, I did think actually when uh, when when uh, Raffi accumulated them all in one room, uh, that people would some people might like quite like that, uh, and it does and it does it does prove the fact that they, they can all be on at once. There we go. So you've got you've got a lot of info. That's great, John. Uh, yeah, uh, this was my least favourite episode so far. Yeah. Uh, because it had, it had lots of good points. Uh, it's definitely no turkey, but I found it like it was a bit all over the place with bits seeming to go nowhere, and the edits between the cube and the ship stuff were clunky as hell at best. But good defo, but not the best, Excellent. really, in my opinion. Lindsay? Yeah, I'm probably halfway between the two of you guys. I am. It was absolutely categorically not my favourite but I think it was really important. I think it falls into that category of we need this episode to take us to the next episode. Yes, no, absolutely. Uh, and we'll get to the issues that I have later. Oh, we will indeed. I presume you'll have lots of notes as well. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it was an interesting episode, and as people say, it was a lot of uh, exposition being dumped on people, mm. uh, but it does fill in a lot of background, and I think it was needed to be able to explain some of the stuff that's been going on. Mm. Before uh, before the finale actually starts, and uh, I'm, I'm going to say it was okay. It wasn't brilliant, but it wasn't bad neither. Well, I I enjoyed it a lot more second watch, um, but I've got questions, um, and I'd like to just start with a question because I've just literally watched it before we started doing the pod. Right, so Rios is captain. Old captain was his dad. No, 
Right. No, it was like a dad. Right, so he was like a dad. And then, obviously, the, the synths came on as first contact, right, to the ship at the time. And then the captain, like a dad, uh, got asked to destroy everyone. Um, and then Rios killed him and then pretended it was suicide. Have I got this wrong? Because I was very... No, con- you've got it, yeah. I was very confused. I've only sort of just slightly got it again watching this time. Uh, right. So Rio, Rios was told by Commodore O that he had to kill the synths. Right. He killed the synths and then killed himself. Right. That's my understanding of it. Yes. Uh, uh, and Rios then covered up the fact that he had killed himself because he had done this thing. Right. And just so they could pretend that he'd just done it for no reason at all. Cool. Yeah, that makes good sense now. Can I? Um, I want to pick up on that kind of thread, right? Because this is bothering me. Because obviously there was this drawn of Rios with the the girl Jana, who looked like Soji, who was mm-hmm. one of the two people who came on board. Yes. So who was the other one, and why? And why, are why, sh- why are they not showing us what they look like? Yeah. And, and why and are they me, called beautiful flower? That's got to be a thing. Well, I was thinking, right, if you think back to that episode, I think it, it, it's bringing me back to that episode, The Offspring, as well. And there were sort of conversations between Data and Lala about the painting and the flower and that type of thing and allowing kind of his, his child to choose their own gender and appearance and, and name, potentially. Um, and, and I keep coming back to that. Why aren't we seeing of the purse because if it was something that wasn't relevant someone we wouldn't recognise I don't think they would have revealed it in that way so they're definitely hiding who that other person was do you reckon it's Narak well I would I don't know I I don't but it's an interesting one yeah I I, I think oh sorry I I I was just thinking if if it was Narak as he says uh, Soji would have recognised him as somebody from her own species but as soon as all her memories started coming back. Well, I have I have questioned those two though, because like Narissa was the only one who survived the kind of way you you touch that thing and you you saw all these horrible things oh and everyone else kind of everyone her aunt, else. Her aunt survived as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah and she was only the the only one in that batch to survive. So clearly, other people have been shown at different times. Her aunt she, survived she, as well. Arant went mad though. She was like, "All right, we better do something about this." Almost sort of like, "Yep, let's get on with it." Um, and they mentioned as well that her and Narek were sort of taken in by this aunt. Now, is she a biological aunt, or is she like an aunt in the sense of that uh, lady who takes you in because you're orphans? Like, oh, um, like, like, like my auntie Margaret. It's like my mum's best friend all life kind of thing. Yeah, you know, you I, get I, a fair, can't you? Yeah, was also you, yeah. best friend. Oh, you is go. your auntie Margaret also crazy as well? No, she's lovely. Yeah, my she's not, she's not going to destroy a, a double oh, cube. I tell you, if, so if, are if, we saying that we think that they might be or synths? I think there's something. I think that's been dropped in there, and I think that's a potential thread because they, they're obviously being orphaned for some reason. And as I say, whether this aunt is a sort of biological aunt or she's just someone who's kind of taken them in and brought them up. Um, and she was almost sort of saying that she sh- she shouldn't have done that when she was speaking to her when she w- she was kind of laid in the bed, not quite with it. She, she was almost saying, "Oh, you did that, but you you really maybe shouldn't have." Um, so I, I definitely think that there's possibly something about those two that we don't know. I think there's something more about them. And there was something about Yana, like they, they talked about her brother, I think. So the idea being that the person yeah. who was with her was her brother, and that's you the first time that we've had any indication that a there are synths that don't look like Soji and Daj, and that the the pairings that the two pairings aren't necessarily of the same gender. Because like there's always been this thing that you have to create two. Two, yeah. But the idea that you yeah. create two that are not of the same gender—that's the first time that we've heard that. So that would tie in with the the idea. If, For me, if we, 
Oh, I was just going to say that this question about who the second person was. We've had all this chat about orchids and hybrids, and then for the second person to be called beautiful flower, like there is a thing there. There is definitely a thing there. So, what what about um, beautiful flower being maybe Elnor because he was adopted oh, as well? Oh, I love Elnor. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, it, it's Annie. weird because because the Jack Vash is just clearly uh, like a female led organization uh, as is the uh, absolute candor bunch as well mm. so like they kind of worrying on in different kind of way uh so i don't know whether that he could well he could be the point yeah we, we, it, well we've seen El- elno grow because obviously picard met him as a child whereas well, what's to say that since can't no, I'm, not, I'm not saying I, you know i'm not saying the cat because obviously when um uh, when so you used to talk- say that they can does they no they no create fully <clears> made aren't they well, yeah, especially with the conversation with Soji and Agnes, or Aki, when, you know, she was asking the questions, you know, you sleep, you eat, you know, it's all so come on so much since Data, and Data was awesome. Um, it's interesting, but I love Elnor. When when uh, Seven and Nine came to rescue him, and they had a big cuddle, I think I cried a little bit. There's been, hu- been some great hugs this season, oh, hasn't there? There have. Yes. Maybe we're all just, like, feeling the social isolation <laughs> a bit, and therefore when we see a hug, we're like, oh, it's a hug. <laughs> every, time, <laughs> every time somebody shakes somebody's hand on TV, I'm thinking, well, that wouldn't have been the case. <laughs> We should laugh. Take back. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what, just on this subject of shaking hands and bits, there was a, a t- I don't really watch the news, but I watched a tiny bit of it. And it was when uh, Wall Street, you know, the stock markets or whatever in America, they opened up and obviously everything dropped uh, dropped out of his ass. There's all these um, business tycoon types, you know, um, and they're all el- yeah. elbowing, yeah. shaking each other like a bunch of wankers. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I just thought that, and then and then he just went, and again, the whole stock market crashed. It was terrible. Uh, and these guys laughing and smacking elbows and that. I just, it just, I don't, sorry, I just digressing. It just did me in a little bit. Um, yeah, Elnor, <laughs> lo- lovely, lovely guy. Oh, bless. Yes, hopefully. Um, so, on the subject of our female Jacques Vash, I have something that is just a little bit niggly. So, in the current contemporary Star Trek world, we have two big bads who are humanoid, if that makes sense. So we've got Commodore O, mm. who is both female and Southeast Asian of some description. Yeah, but she's... she's and we rob, have... Rob, rob, no, rob, rob, no, oh, oh, no. Okay, sorry, sorry. Let me finish. Mm-hmm. And we have Giorgio, who is female and of Southeast Asian origin of some description. Now, I'm just throwing it out there. It's just worth noting. Yeah, but Giorgio's good, isn't she? Apparently having the franchise. Oh, right, I see. Oh, that's, that is quite interesting. It's just worth noting. I'm oh. just throwing it out there. Well, we'll make like, it. You know, let's yeah, we'll make let's a, be aware of these things. Make a note of that. Um, Commodore O, Romulan and Vulcan crossbreeder. Yeah. I don't think you meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna shut that one down now. Why? You do yeah. have to wonder what kind of Vulcan though is gonna like go off the reservation and sleep with a Romulan though. Well, you never know, do well, you? Come on. Love finds a way. <laughs> wow, John, that was so poetic. It was. I'm, I'm thinking uh, more like a, a, a particular, like I don't know, some random Vulcan who's hit um, the pond far and can't get home and stumbles across somebody who looks like they might be all right. But Vul- Vulcans have, you know, have had uh, lovers that have been human, and, and so. Well, I mean, Rafi's son's be- got a Romulan girlfriend, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 he has. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. All- but like, humans are not Romulans. 
Yeah, but the, 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 yeah, Rom- that's not, what's that going to do with anything though? Romulans and, and Vulcans have the capacity to, um, you know, breed. Bam, yeah. So it starts sounding more and more like a farm every time he says it. We need to stop. I was about to make an analogy involved uh, donkeys and horses, but I'm going to stop now. Um, uh, on the grief world, Aya, <laughs> where they're having that, uh, it's called the grief world, isn't it? Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, they have like the, the montage that happens when they touch the. Is it the admonition? The ad- yeah, the admonishment. Yeah. Admon- yeah. Yeah. Uh, that thing, all the little bits and bobs that you see, you do see uh, Data's face briefly, don't you? You do. Yes. Yeah, you know who else you see? And you also see a dead fox. My name is Romeo the Sly Flying Fox. I crept up a skyscraper right to the top. Eating builder scraps, drinking cherry aid. I dreamt of the sky and flying like a plane. Fly, fly, foxy, foxy, fly. I'm the Sly Flying Fox. Fly, fly, Foxy, foxy, fly. To the world, I'm a shock. Fly, fly, foxy, foxy, fly. Oh, I can see all sorts up here. Fly, fly, foxy, foxy, Yeah, fly. you pissing in the street after a beer. So when I got to the top, there was pest control. Arm to the ball said they'd take me home. Lies, 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 I could see it in their eyes. They were taking me away to make me a foxy pie. Fly, fly, foxy, foxy, fly. Yeah, I'm the sly flying fox. Fly, fly. Wind flowing through my foxy locks. I can see all sorts of high. Yeah, you down there with the piano tie. Barry Hargrove, cabinet member for transport, environment and recycling at Southwark Council said, Romeo had certainly been on a bit of a jaunt and proved rather elusive, but I'm glad our pest control officers were able to help him out. He's obviously a resourceful little chap, but I'm sure he's glad the adventure's over and hopefully he'll still well clear of skyscrapers in the future. Well, I won't, Barry. Now I've got the taste. Not to climb up high again would be a waste. So next time, I'm going to try and scale... A man called Winton with the first name Dale. Fly, fly, foxy, foxy, fly. I'm the sly flying fox. Fly, fly, foxy, foxy, fly. I'm a fox, but I wear socks. Fly, fly, foxy, foxy, fly. I can see all sorts of top. Fly, fly, foxy, foxy, Yeah, fly. you down there, Jimmy Nail, being thick as fuck. Oh, nice. <laughs> Do you? The dead <laughs> you see a dead decomposing fox because. Oh my god! It's like they heard our fox hunting thing and went back and put that in. That's no, that's a that's a that's a trope that films do. I've seen I've seen it in other films. What dead where, foxes? Yeah, uh, a decomposing fox is meant to in in film is kind of used to to suggest the passage of time. Oh right, okay. Like and it's seasons ha- changing. Yeah, like that. But it's just it just films keep chucking it in there. I have no idea why. I don't think they have either. It just, it just keeps happening. Film skills, that's what it is. No, right. But there are other things that we see in there that are really interesting. That was interesting. Well, yeah, yeah. Else, <laughs> I, I know everyone will have like slowed down. I, I did notice Data's face, and it made me kind of wonder: is Data actually the destroyer? Because it's kind of his progeny that potentially is like. Mm. This kind of new race of synthetics. I purposely haven't slowed these down and looked at them because it's a bit like if you've seen Event Horizon, right? Those little flashes of hell are just enough to hit. And I think, like, the problem we all kind of reach for the pause button and want to sort of. But I think 
if it sticks out, they've left it on that on the screen that little bit longer to kind of make you remember it and notice it. It's almost that sort of sli- subliminal kind of planting the seed of the story. So, and I, to be honest, I could talk about Event Horizon all day. And if I if I do take a seat, um, that is my film of choice. So I'm going to shut up. Um, but um, I just think like it, it's just the suggestion of it. It's just like that's what. And I, and I think the trouble is we can't help ourselves but freeze frame and look at every kind of second of footage. And I, I think, think, they, I think they, know that. they must know that that we do that. They don't do it without. Yeah. I mean, but you're right in terms of if you're just watching it, that is the, there's a clear intention to uh, highlight certain frames that are just there to just sort of prod you in the right direction. Those images that you're seeing now, are they? Images that are supposed to be from the past or is future to come? Well, this is a question, isn't it? Because it could be that the images um, are interpreted by the Romulans who are very paranoid and things, and that's what they've decided. The question is that they've left this sort of repository of information, this warning on a planet, and these the Romulans have found it and are acting on it. But what, what if Picard was to touch the admonishment? What would he feel and what would he um, kind of, what would his fashion oh, so you- be? So you're saying and, and, the admonishment is something that just senses whatever the person's... Well, uh, definitely a curiosity about it, because, I mean, when, uh, oh, a mind melds Aggie, uh, it, she she gives sort of Aggie a little taste of the admonishment, doesn't she? And that's why Aggie's been all... And nobody likes her for a start. And uh, she gets, like, suicidal thoughts and things like that, like everybody... She didn't have a rock there to bash her face in or, or a phaser to shoot herself in the head, but... It's certainly. I'm just wondering if this admonishment thing is, is either a trick, to get people to do what they want, or it's either, or it's maybe, uh, something that ha- through the mind meld, it's it's exerting its own influence on things. Mm. Sort of well, that, that brings point. us back to the question of, of. So I'm pretty sure that Ariam, there's Ariam's face in there. I haven't slowed it down either, but like Discovery's robot of Doom that gets ousted by control I'm pretty sure her face is in there yeah. um, which brings us back to the question of control oh. which brings us back to all sorts of interesting potentials about what this is and what its objective is well there's a link to Voyager isn't there as well because um, there's an episode of Voyager where Harry Kim and Chakotay from the future uh, try and send a message using Borg tech from a Borg cube that they found in the B. Uh, uh, beta Zone. What is it called? The, bel- the Beta Quadrant. Beta Quadrant, the beta yeah. Quadrant, yeah. Beta, sorry. Beta Quadrant, yeah. So there's a. it could be that this very same cube is where they got that little bit of tech that allowed them to... Oh, that allowed timeless. them to... That's like I'm one not, of the best episodes mental, ever. isn't it? Yeah, okay. it is a great episode <laughs> as well, yeah. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> oh, you know what I was going to recommend uh, during news that I forgot about? Everybody needs to go and watch Macrocosm, which is an excellent episode of Voyager and also... Will make you feel better because if we do end up with giant bugs, then Jamie can come and kill them for us. Is that where she's running around in the best? It is. I came over all queer over that episode, so I <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> it's Very basically terrible. Voyager does Alien, um, which Very I did not know at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an excellent episode and involves strangely macrocosms. Uh, but I, they all get killed in the end. I've got a very, I got a great Rambo sort of vibe from that episode. <laughs> what is it? You know when they want to make a captain look hard, though? They basically yeah. run around in a vest. Yes. Yeah. They did it with Picard in First Contact. Yeah. Like, 
bacon run around in a vest and it like with a gun and they look hard. They've the done guy, it with you. That's like literally yeah. it's like the the fix or if you want to make your captain look like a like a tough fighty type, just put him in a vest. Andrew, yeah. die I, I was gonna say you've seen Die Hard. Immediately you put a man in a vest or a woman in a vest, she is or he is absolute solid because of Bruce Willis basically. But uh, we do need to acknowledge the fact that it was remarkable that they did that with Janeway. Like, as in, it was breaking stereotypes with Picard because obviously he was the, yeah. the 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 diplomat, and you know they were doing a thing. But actually, to then take a, a sciency captain and go stuff it, we're going to do exactly the same with her as we've done with the men. It's yeah. remarkable. Well, no, it's Worth awesome, noting. and it's Star Trek, and that's what the, it does very well. Not the original series, but like you know the the, the TNG and Voyager and everything like that. That's Star Trek. Getting back to the toys that are uh, that is a uh, this episode of Picard. Mm. <laughs> Um, so, can we talk about the fact that, so, the auntie, when um, Narissa is talking to her, she basically says that the auntie broke the Borg cube. Mm. I was like, really? Are we breaking the Borg with emotion? I think, I think, though, well, this, is, this, is something, this is the admonishment that has broken the cube. Or at least it was, it figured out that that was there and immediately sort of severed its, the, the, the cube severed itself from the collective and that's how it's, she didn't break it with a despair. That's just maybe Narissa's impression of what happened, but I'm fairly sure it's admonishment that's caused the So basically, when the Borg tried to assimilate the Narissa's art, it saw the admonishment, whatever was in there, and mm. then decided it couldn't handle it, and it then went, cut it up. It went, fuck that, and, and left. When Hugh tries to go back to the collective, if I remember Hugh. this right, the fact that he's got individuality kind of infects the others if yes. you like and so they cannot really function in the collective anymore so oh. my thinking is that this is kind of being trying this has been sort of downloaded into the others and it's that one it's that self-hatred because a synth is the thing that she's most horrified of and, and has now become in a sense um and her sort of madness from what she's seen which directly kind of relates to them and i, I think there must be a link between the borg and what they saw and what's been seen. Sure. I think there's definitely a relationship there. I'm not it's, sure whether we'll see it this season, that, though. It, it's strange that they didn't just destroy the cube, though, because we've seen, you know, like in Unimix Zero, when the Borg lose control of a cube, or when they lose control of drones on a cube, the Queen has just destroyed the cube. She's, like, cut off all yeah. those additional lives. So the fact that they've just cut communication and left it floating seems slightly odd. Anyway. We may find out. We may not. Maybe. Is it is Maybe. it a plot point that 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 cube just had to, they just had to kind of jettison it? Well, possibly. I've, I've got, got another curveball to throw in, because when Seven of Nine kind of plugs in and, and gives off those like Borg Queen vibes, um, her eyes go black, that type of thing. I quite enjoyed that scene, um, and takes control of it. The kind are they like nanite things come and like fix the cube? Well, well they're pretty nanite, are they? Or whatever they are, the, the things that does well, that mean that Hugh's definitely dead? I hope not. Uh, it like it has, I reckon Hugh so. Mixed. sort of implied that that was it. His story was over. So the yeah, but we, people lie. Yeah, nice. But what, nice it would be lovely. But you said about the the nanites or whatever, the little green things. I yeah. I thought they were you know like um, sort of uh, like shielding, but like little bombs to protect the cube, you know, from people coming in or whatever. That's what I thought they were. Uh, originally, but obviously the I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what they were. I thought they were like little creepies that were trying to like 
fix the thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they were nanites. They were sort of little creepies, like you say. Um, <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to it. Nanites, 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 nanites are like yeah. Yeah. tiny, small, tiny. tiny, tiny. Yeah, it's all like inside your blood, tiny. The, sci- mm. the science tells us there were little creepy things. However, what's really important is that when she plugged back in, everything went green. Yeah. She reactivated everything, and we got our oh, green lights up, we, and that was. Yeah, we, we love that. I mean, that was something we'd we'd mentioned before, wasn't it? So, yeah. I knew it would have to be there. There must be a reason for the white lights but, to be there but, to start with. But to destroy uh, an enemy uh, or uh, whatever as powerful as the Borg, because that's that's what they are, have always been in Star Trek, is this absolute superpower that is the hardest, you know, villain or whatever to deal with. Them just to be blown outside, it was a bit like, well, it's a bit nothing. Yeah, but is it the end of them, or is or is Seven of Nine going to scoop them up and make them into an uh, army? Just, but you know what I mean. It felt a bit like when Doctor Who does Cybermen, pretty much apart from the end of last season, was he just make he, they make him a bit shit uh, when they're not. You know, the, the Borg have never been shit. They've always been a very scary and strong uh, adversary. Yeah. So I felt I felt a bit like, you know. And was well, this it- idea that the, the link wasn't fast enough for Seven to stop them doing what they were doing seems unlikely, unless yeah. it was still booting up or whatever. I think we what- maybe have to make uh, we'll exceptions. Were, what were, you- the Borg, were the Borg in the one area when they were all jettisoned out? I mean, surely they'd been all over the queue. Well, no, um, it was. It's a different thing, isn't it? It's not, uh, you know, it's a um, reclamation centre or whatever. So it's it's about the ones that they've brought back, uh, which was a bit scary again when well, they when they attacked Narissa. We've, we've got a few ex-Borg left. Yeah, those the, those were the XPs that attacked yeah. Narissa, weren't they? And, they? and that was cool. Uh, obviously, she teleported away, which was a bit sad. I thought she was going to get done in. Yeah, it was proper zombie, wasn't it? She might have been infected. She might have been uh, nanites. Might be in there. So she gets well, away, but, but that, well, nanites, little creepies. Um, yeah, that's how that's how I they think, uh, uh, assimilate people, isn't it? That's yeah, it. their assimilation tubules did not appear to be functional. It was also like the least effective attack in the history of Borg attacks yeah. ever. But it was, but, but it was, it was harking back to what I think Andrea's mentioned a few times, sort of like body horror, like sort of horror thing. It was quite creepy, you know, the way that they sort of were a bit zombie-like. Uh, and going back a bit to the the sort of. Uh, sort of horror thing at the beginning when people were smacking themselves over the head with rocks and ripping the face off and all that shooting themselves in the head I thought that was again another scene that they, they, they sort of seem to be doing where it is shocking um, and I like that their opening uh, their opening salvos of each episode where they are flashbacks are always kind of yeah, creepy savage, as well savage aren't they yeah, yeah. There's something about this, like I don't want to call it a trope because I don't think it is a trope, but there is definitely something that's ringing a bell about something that I have watched relatively recently about this idea that when somebody gives you knowledge, a specific piece of knowledge, it makes you crazy. Oh, it's Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who. I've just realised what it is. But this idea well, that there is a piece of knowledge that will throw you over the edge. But there's also Star Trek as well in the original series, and I think, I can't remember what it was, the missed one, I can't remember what it was. But there's a thing where... Uh, every every time you open this box and if you see what's inside, you just go nuts. So that was the thing in Star Trek already as well. Mm. It's a, it's an interesting phenomenon. Like I'm intrigued as to like obviously we're not seeing everything that they're seeing. Yeah, but it's, a writer, it's a writer's trick, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm slightly perplexed by it all. Um, in terms of uh, Seven and the Queenifying, or I was going to I was going to mention this. Yeah, yeah, what do you think of the Queenifying stuff? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Um, 
for me, I was like, all those spinal connector things came in, and I was like, what? She's just destroyed that beautiful jacket. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. <laughs> Except for she apparently hasn't, because it's still in one piece. Um, I did think it was quite interesting, because I know that, um, obviously, Seven has an existing, uh, sort of, it, she still has quite a lot of board technology in her body, and I know that we spoke about it in Stardust City Rag. I don't know if they specifically speak about any kind of spinal clamps, um, but I know that in Neonimate <laughs> Zero, when Jane... Uh, she gets her she has to have spinal clamps removed so it's obviously a thing that they do um so yeah that was quite interesting um i did also like this idea that seven's going well a i don't want to do this to them and b if i do i might not want to release them again afterwards i thought that was and when they all started saying we are borg and she talked in that different voice it was like oh man there it is and then you get that beautiful elnor moment when he goes are you going to assimilate me oh bless him (laughs) He's, he's, he's brilliant. I love him. Oh, sorry. He's he's, he's cool, like. Yeah. I hope he, I hope he joins back up with him for the last two. Mm. Well, I think I think seven of nine is going to take him to where everybody seems to be going. We're going to have Starfleet at this place, aren't we? Absolutely. We're going to have Romulans. We're going to have maybe a Borg cube. Yeah. So maybe uh, Starfleet get there. What's the chance that one of them is Worf on the Enterprise E? It's oh. got to be Riker. Oh. We're gonna right. get Riker. I was going to say Riker. And then Riker might be bringing whatever he can get from his planet, from his, his uh, that guy. That so here's a question. Calendar, calendar. Yeah, who may or may not be cute. That would be very exciting. Oh, um, oh <laughs> I still think Q's going to have something to do with it. I'm fairly oh, sure. Oh, my God, if he did. <laughs> ah! Oh, and then, explosion. And then, I hate that equal measure, I think. Then they can explain his age as well by saying that um, uh, he always appears the same age as Picard. So, like that. That, yeah, so I'm and like, oh, if he, if he does appear, that's oh, no, the best kept secret in the yeah. fucking world. Let's, I will let's, love it. Let's not discuss this because it's just too much for uh, oh, uh, just too, too much, much for our little hearts to hope for. Yeah. Um, so poor Deb will like it neither. Oh, bless her. Um, if the so the emergency bat signal that um, Elnor used was yeah. in. Uh, Hugh's office, yeah. presumably, because that's where he is. And clearly, I think it must have belonged to Hugh, yeah. because Seven clearly expects to see him when she arrives. So does that mean that Picard still has his bat signal? I believe so. And maybe so. that's what's going to draw them to the octagonal, no, the octagonal, uh, the octonary system. Oh, I like it. Well done. Thank you. Imagine Bob trying to say that. Say it, Bob. What? Mm, doesn't matter. No, I'm not I'm not gonna try and say stuff. He wasn't, he wasn't listening. I was listening. I just can't say can it, we, so I just said what can we uh, can we talk about uh, the Rios scenes? Uh, and, and, Andrea? <laughs> right, well, I, I'm gonna surprise you all, right? Because to be honest, right, it, if I had five of them, right, fully functional and I could occupy them in a room, it wouldn't be like pretending to be Miss Marple and, and like <laughs> Everyone down who's involved in the Andrea. You never know. And, and after this sort, of, there, there was this sort of protracted kind of scene where she's asking, well, what seemed to me like quite silly questions and getting quite silly responses. And to be honest, I thought the whole scene. I mean, I've talked about like horror, horror genre quite a lot. It was a fucking horror show. It was like a scene from an awful sitcom. <laughs> it was. It was, <laughs> like, it was like. I, it was totally, I totally agree with you, Andrea. And die, and then I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mention it, you know. Oh. I'm going to leave them for Lindsay right. to stab Ian. Just before we started to go, just after. So Andrea said she had five pages of notes. And I had, in my little mind, I'd got like four and a half pages. 
would have been just on this Rios thing. I'm right. I, could, I could write a really good fan fiction off the back of that scene, but it wouldn't look anything like that scene. As that, what was on in front of us on the screen was like, I was just cringing and I just wanted to like climb inside the sofa and stay there until it was over. And it seemed to go on forever. Well, I tell you what, I tell, what, was the, what was the point of it though? Cause, I, mean, cause she, she, I quite cause, enjoyed it. Well, no, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good. It was good and it was fun, but why well, was no, it even she's, there? She's, she's, tr- she's trying to piece together oh, this information that the, the, the EMHs are missing, so they glimpse out when they try to remember it or whatever. So that's why it was there. But for me, but I, I went, didn't what, resolve any questions. Well, no, it didn't, but it was Did, funny. And she, and I quite liked it. Answers, she got all the answers she wanted when she went to visit Rio. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, straight well, after. Oh, no, it's fair, fair. But I did, I'll tell you what I did love eventually, but I had to sort of do a, a double ear take, was when she went to meet Ian, uh, who is the obviously maintenance engineer, EMH, whatever. The, um, he was he, well. I, when I eventually made out he was Scottish, I was like, "Oh, that's a nice little, little nod to Scotty." Um, but the accents, he it, particularly the Celtic accent accents, which are absolutely fucking terrible. Yeah. It, it's, it, his it, English accent is really good. It's very good, yeah. And his Spanish well, ones the, for me the, great, uh, but I don't but speak the Spanish. Spanish and Irish ones are just like stereotypes. It's terrible. It's, it, the, the Irish one is very Star Trek. You know, like sure. you, you, you've touched it before, John, with the sort okay. of Irish episodes on the holodeck. You know, it really is bad. Um, but as we have someone that does speak the lingo of Scotland, um, what did you think, Lindsay? I think you'll find I don't speak that language. Um, <laughs> How do you know that? Not even How a language. Well, well, well that, to be brutally frank, whether or not it's a language is a slightly controversial question in and of itself. Um, so technically, I don't speak Scots um, because I speak English with a Scottish I, accent. I, I think it's. I think uh, it turns Scotch. John. John. Scotch is you... one of the three dialects that make up the Scots language. No, you... uh, the John. others being Lowlands, which are uh, which are spoken in the Lowlands, um, and Doric, which is spoken in the northeast. Uh, so yeah, no. <laughs> what? what? To be honest, it is grim. It uh, is really, really. I'm surprised Star Trek goes there these these days. To be fair, I think there's a difference. There's you know, like Scotty wasn't Scottish, and we Sa- had Simon various... Pegg wasn't Scottish either, but. No, no. Uh, but what they are doing is a more consistent kind of dodgy Scottish accent. This was all over the place. <laughs> this, was a, this was a Spaniard doing a Scottish accent, though, wasn't it? It was. Fair. And you know what? It's fine. I'm not going to, like, yeah. fall out. But it was absolutely fucking but awful. It... And that bit, <laughs> that's not even language. Like, I listened to it three times, gave up, looked at the subtitles, and I still don't really understand what he said. And I've been trying to translate it with the Scots Dictionary. Um, so what he did say was, and he safe is a piper, an offer off the bag. Um, or offer off the bag, yeah. Um, which kind of, I think, as far as I can tell, means he's as full as a piper. So um, so uh, safe means drunk, basically. So basically saying he's shit-faced and uh, very possibly dealing with things he shouldn't so um in the fang means to be like stealing so off the fang could be dealing with stolen things maybe or weighed down it's kind of hard to tell i'm not really sure um but yeah like uh, yeah there Interesting yeah, though, isn't August. it? But mm. I, I do find it quite, uh, quite endearing and a little bit funny and very silly. Um, well, I, I quite, you would. Well, no, I quite, <laughs> I quite like it. I quite like it. But it's, I mean, he's, he's to, to ask him to put like he's he his main character is mint. I, I think he's class. Um, 
I think this this cast in general is brilliant. Like Raffi is just one of my favourite characters in the history of television. I think she's just mint. I've never seen her anything before either, but I think she's class. But I think he's just great. And he's, he can tell he's having a lot of fun with doing these daft characters and that. And I think it's a great opportunity for any actor to go right, try this out or whatever. And, it, and it, yeah, it's just funny and it works. And I think to be fair, Alec, I think the, the danger zone is where you say say things like that's not even a language. Now, to me, I'm not going to be offended by that, but there are people who will be offended. Yeah, um, but that's, that's Rafi, isn't it? That, that, <laughs> could, that could also be explained within the show as well, though, isn't he? You've got Rios, who's come onto the ship, and he's programmed five EMHs, EMH, EMHs to, uh, to take on his personality because he needed it done quickly to do the various jobs. And then he's gone back and just tweaked it slightly. Can, can uh, I just pick up on this thread, though, right? Because if you were going to have like five like EMHs like helping you like as a human being as a person right you see yourself in the mirror but seeing five versions of yourself walking around I think would be slightly weird and creepy to the average person yeah I've been so, saying it from the start why well, would you do that he has had so a breakdown, unless I you think. are used to seeing people who look exactly like you Ooh. why would you do that well, you would choose you would choose five people who look different one so they were easy to identify and two because you would freak yourself out no I, can't, wait, I can scientifically guarantee what you're saying is correct Andrea I walked in the pub about a month or so ago <laughs> no this, I'm not even joking I walked in the pub I walked up to the bar went to order my pints or whatever and I looked round and there was this very handsome bald man with a ginger beard and glasses and a bit portly and literally, we both just looked at each other and it was like, you know, like when the doctor meets the doctor uh, in Doctor Who and it's all like, what? What? And then we had a pitch take and that. But it was oh, yeah, like so, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. so uh, that was, that was, yeah. So it is, it is weird. So uh, to be honest, right, like standing having a conversation with someone who, who, who was basically a carbon copy of yourself would make the average person feel uncomfortable. So to me, that is either suggesting that like he's just like a bit nuts or a bit like extremely vain, or he has seen other people who look exactly like him. Or um, he, is, he is beautiful he, flower. He sings this little lullaby that seems to kind of snap Soji out of whatever it is, she, and all of a sudden he, he gets no, through the barrier. No, 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 that was, setting. A, yeah. that was a, yeah, security setting. That was yeah. But I just think it, but it, it, it does seem to kind of, she does seem to like come around and I'm sure like as, as someone as advanced as her, she could have probably could have circumvented those things. But I just think there's, I'm starting to think, what is it? Because I've mentioned before, we've never seen his backstory. We've had it kind of dripped in mm. and his backstory is so like, so tied to someone who looks well, exactly like Soji. Is there something we don't know? So exactly. basically, we're now at the stage where we think everybody's a sin. Yeah. Well, well no, think... that's a good point, though. I think I think Andrea might be onto something because uh, we don't know what beautiful flower looks like, and we know he's male, so it could be, it could be him. And also, the the entire story of Vandermeer and and the other ship and and all that stuff, it could have been fabricated as a cover story. Do you mean, think it's everything's been wiped it's been classified so you can't look anything up so there's no way anybody can verify it and so is he the was he ordered to, to kill them and is he the survivor exactly no well, I, i'm starting to wonder as well about this <laughs> idea of eight because if you look at the diagrams they're almost like the sort of the two rings a little bit like the necklace and obviously i'm thinking are there eight of these synths oh yeah a bit like battlestar galactica which... I mean... 
I, I know we're not really supposed <laughs> we're not really supposed to talk about uh, like the trailer spoilers and that. So spoiler alert. If everyone wants to just dip the volume round for about thirty seconds, you'd be all right. Uh, but in the trailer, we see a dwelling, don't we, on this place? And there's a circle with like about could be 16 of them you might be right with that because it's only a small place that they live in this they think that eight would be a great number of um four sets of twins mm. yeah i don't know that's, just that is a brilliant theory by the way that is yeah, a great theory that. yeah well i think so i so for the first time i thought they were playing us when he's raking through his box of stuff uh, having drunk a tar bottle of spirits, so clearly that man has a liver on him. Um, I was <laughs> just saying, um, but that moment where we're kind of waiting for him to re- reveal the photograph of his captain, like I felt like that was the only time series where they've been going, is this someone? Is this someone? We're not really going to show you yet, or we're going to show, oh, 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 and then you turn it over and you're like, it's not somebody we know, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, and that picture of him and uh, Jana, is it? That could be a picture drawn of both Beautiful Flower and Jana, not of him while... See, not in uniform, though. Yeah, no, but, you know. I feel, I feel like, as, as the resident conspiracy theorist, I feel like that one is... Less likely, but I keep it wrong. I don't know that I'd say that you're the resident conspiracy theorist. I like no, think I've got a good on. chat. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have, I, don't, I don't have any conspiracy theories. I might try and mix them up in a bit whenever I think. Um, there, there were lots and lots of things in his room, though, like um, the figurines of mermaids. The ship La Serena pretty much translates as mermaid. Yep. Um, and so he's they got were two. And what? Sorry. And he's got a tattoo of a mermaid as well, hasn't he? Yeah. So, your... so they were they were quite deliberate, but I think there were other things that were quite deliberate, like the choice of books. Um, and if you look through, there was there was quite a lot of um, there was quite a lot of philosoph- for like philosophy there. So like there was Albert Camus, there there was um, there was some Hemingway there, and there was a book by Sarek. Uh, and it? if you look at um, sort of Next Generation Series 3, the episode Sarek, yeah. um, there's a mind meld between Picard and Sarek because Sarek's got a degenerative condition where he's starting to lose control of his emotions. Um, I think that's probably just a little Easter egg, but that was in there. Um, but if you look at kind of the, the type of philosophy it is, um, if you kind of know some of these sort of figures, if you think about kind of the old man of the sea, um, which mm-hmm. I, I think is, is probably quite relevant because you've got Hemingway in there. Um, stuff like, like Camus said, things like the only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. I rebel, therefore I exist. Um, freedom is nothing but a chance t- to be better. The slave begins by demanding justice and ends by wanting to wear the crown. Um, those books have, have been very consciously chosen, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, absolutely. But this... I think they paint the picture of a man who's struggling to come to terms with yeah. what he knows, as opposed to a synth who is trying to strike for freedom. I could be wrong, but... but it, 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 it's, uh, it might have been in front of us all along. It, he's the siren who's luring Picard or luring Sojo or luring somebody somewhere. So it could be that all the way through, they keep slamming the mermaid and the siren thing at us with all the little figurines and that. So it's like Chekhov's bloody siren, isn't it? 
the, choice, the choice of vinyl, I think, was, I was I think say, the choice of vinyl was interesting anyway, but sort of Ella Fitzgerald in my solitude, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, was was quite a point. And the fact that he's got vinyl. I was like, going to say the vinyl thing, I was like, amazing. Because I am walk, a big vinyl. I mean, the Walkman, yeah. <laughs> I, I, deal, I deal with teenagers on, on a sort of regular basis and I had to try and explain to a 15-year-old what a VHS was because yeah. they, had no, they had no concept of, like, you know, when you watch a video, they, like, look blankly. So the fact that, like, sort of 400 years, it's be a 400-year-old format, it's kind of like <laughs> me saying, come round and let's watch some Betamax. Um, <laughs> and I say it as a former laser disc collector, so... Let's listen to some music on 8-track. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, what mini discs? They were a very short-lived thing. Do you remember the video library? You know when you got. Do you one- remember? Do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> video libraries? You know when they tried to make video boxes that look like books. You put your <gasps> My back granddad videos had a set of those. I had them, and I, they, I, I had all the red dwarves in them. Yeah, I had Doctor Who in them. That was on telly. I used to take out the little bit of thing, you know, so my sister could record over it, and then I'd put a bit of sellotape in if I wanted to record over them. Oh, back in there, remember, remember. Andrea, I know you've got mm. loads of notes, five pages apparently. So um, I did look, look this up because, I, I, to be honest, I think I've gone a bit conspiracy daft this week. Um, <laughs> I've been daft, and I think because I've been rewatching TNG, I think like there's a couple of things I've, I've kind of clocked that like I probably wouldn't have. Um, there was a reference to Iridian tea. Um, and so I think it was the uh, the hospitality hologram said, oh, oh, yeah. I can't remember how to make it. Um, those guys, they're a bit like sort of, they're a, they bit dodgy. they're a bit dodgy, but they've obviously got nice tea. They're, they're a bit like people from Yorkshire. All I'm taking from that is that we've got nice tea and that's all I'm fucking taking. <laughs> but the Iridians um, tried to sell Worf information about his dad, Moog. They, they have turned up before. Yeah, um, they're all common. Things. They've appeared in a few season series, haven't they? Mm. Well. I, quite, I, I enjoy things like that. So, me, when I'm... Uh, Raffi was... Raffi was getting... <laughs> what was that? What was that? <laughs> that, that was a bit of Scottish, yeah. that was. <laughs> no, that's not a, not a language. Not, not a language. language. That. That, that was me resetting my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, could also do it by saying fuck off. Um, when Ooh. when Raffi was uh, trying to, or when she accosted uh, Picard and quite rightly pointed out that, you know, why are we trusting this girl? Because, you know, we don't trust anybody you bring on now. Um, there was this, the balance between fact and theory and the fact that he was like, is that a fact or is it a theory? Yeah, that felt, that, very, that felt very captain, didn't it? It That's did. Like, yeah, it was but good. Then she then goes, oh yeah, but as soon as she did this thing, we lost our tail. That's a fact. And I, I've just written in giant letters, correlation does not equal causality. Wow. Um, so anybody who has ever done statistics of, or any kind of investigation of any form knows that just because two things happen simultaneously does not mean that one of them happened because of the other one. Um, so while it, we were pretty confident that in fact happened, that was still well, good reasoning. While we're talking about Rafi, it was really nice that she, like, when she was hunting for booze uh, and she'd, uh, she'd found out that she'd told the replicator not to give her booze, that when she went into uh, Rios's quarters, she went straight to the replicator but didn't order booze, she ordered a coffee. I thought it was a nice little touch. Mm. Yeah, it very much feels like we're trying we're getting the impression that she is pulling herself back together again because her theories are kind of And, and also it was it's, it's what Rios did to her. He brought her a coffee when she had a little blowout last week or whatever. Nice little touch. Absolutely. 
Um, and this idea, like when somebody asks her, one of the holograms, I think, asks her, how does it feel when she says everything's coming together? And she's she says terrifying, but she also uses... Um, oh. She also says that it's awesome in a horrible way when she's being proven right. <laughs> there is, for me, like as somebody who enjoys angst and awfulness, like that duality between this is amazing and, oh, actually, this is awful, is so accurate. It's like... Um, getting right. Right getting into a right, something that's going awfully wrong in the world, but getting engaged and passionate about it, like that that duality, important. Um, and I totally, for me, that really spoke to me as something that I am aware of. Like when you're like, oh, this is awful, but it's also really interesting. Yeah. Um, like like, we, like serial killer documentaries, because that's my that's my jam. Like I can't get my head around it. I don't understand it, but I find it fascinating. You do. Well, right. Can, awesome. I, can I just ask a question? Um, right, we've got you kind of get a double message uh, through this episode. Now, now everybody calls Soji, and Soji herself calls herself the Destroyer. Yeah, we also get the implication that it's not her that's the Destroyer, but <clears throat> when they reach a certain threshold, that, like the analogy was made of the uh, uh, from Cochrane, is it? Yeah. How when they got to walk, the Vulcans appear. Now, there's a, there's a kind of implication uh, when they're sat around the table talking, which is a fantastic scene, by the way. Yeah, uh, we that they, back to that. that um, there is some when the sentient re- uh, when the synths reach a certain threshold of intelligence or, or evolution or whatever, then something else will appear—an external thing, a kind of uh, an all-powerful entity or Q or. Mm. Yeah. What would Q have to do with synthetics? That like. Meh. Um, genuinely, I am increasingly convinced they're trying to cross the two streams. I'm going to find one of your favorites. I'm going to find one of your favorites. I'm going to find one of the Borg I'm going to find one of your favorites. I'm I have this funny feeling that the synthetics will be the saviors of this series, of this season. I think they will, uh, if there is a sort of external force that comes when they reach a certain threshold, I think the synths will defend everybody else from that and, uh, and in that way earn their way back into like being accepted. I hope so. That yeah, sounds like a nice thing. My worry is if you haven't seen Discovery, you're going to be left with this big bad that's turned up and you're going to be sitting there thinking, who the fuck's control? That's so why I'm. Uh, that's why I think they're not going to play too heavily on that because I think it requires that bit. Like if you're a Star Trek fan and you've seen Discovery, you'd be like, "Oh, it's that." Yeah, we get we get that. But if you're not and you've never seen that show, you're going to be like, "What the fuck's that?" Like I've watched this for like ten episodes and like I don't even know what the bloody buddy is. So I think it's going to be something within the series that is yeah. recognisable to to the non-fan. Yeah. Or like, I, but we could. They could definitely play it so that the Romulans were the bad guy, or like, or certainly the Jat Vash were the bad guys. But they were working in conjunction with, or in relation to. Sorry, I've got a really tickly cough now. Whoa! <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, right, I probably had it. That was probably. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, I can I can see them playing it so that they give us a bad guy from within the series, so someone like Commodore O and the twins or whatever, um, or the siblings, the the evil regional Romulans. Um, but I just, it feels odd. Like there is this big threat, like some kind of, 
Yeah, it does. I like. Yeah, I, if they come in with a second, totally arbitrary third-party threat, I'm going to find that weirder. I think it's got to be something that they've they've planted somewhere in the season. I, I just think it. I think it would be very brave if it wasn't. <clears throat> I think you could alienate a lot of your audience. Yeah. I think. Oh just, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of concerned about it as a choice, but it feels like it's the choice they're making. Uh, we will see. I could be very wrong. We we'll get, we'll get, we'll get that little scene with uh, with Rios and Picard talking where Picard. That's a beautiful up. scene. Absolutely. Yeah, the nice scene. I love that scene. But, yeah. You get that, that moment where Rios says, "Well, what if they're right, the Jack Vash?" Yeah. And which is a fair point, but I think and I, I can't believe that they'd end the series with, no. uh, with the Jatavash being right and the Robulans sort of being right and the synths are the destroyed thing. So I think whatever happens, we're gonna we're gonna find I, out. I, 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 I think I think basically we're gonna get Data Brent Spiner dressed like Conan. You know, Conan the Barbarian <laughs> in like fur and, and he's going to come out like a, absolutely, absolute savage, uh, and then yeah, kill kill all of the Romulans. I think he's still dead, Data. Anyway, no, he's going to come back like Conan, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's my I'd theory. Like I did a theory. I did a theory. At one point, we uh, we thought uh, that Laura was going to turn up, so who knows? Yeah. It's well, just all to well, you, like, don't know who's, you don't know who's on this planet that they're all about to visit. You never know yeah. who could be on there. Data could definitely be on there if uh, Rolf Harris. Maddox decides to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm shutting that one down straight off. <laughs> I've, I've got a spoiler for you all. I am oh. the big bad. It's my army, like, half-naked Rios's. That, that, is, that is what I'm afraid. But they lockers. <laughs> Just lockers and Rios's. <laughs> There's some fun, there's some fun fiction for you. It, it's interesting because, like, there is a, so Picard's big speech at the end when he speaks about um, openness and um, optimism and curiosity versus fear. Fear is the mind killer. Well, so so fear fear is. So for me, I, I struggle because fear is the great motivator. Fear motivates pretty much everything that we do. Like fear motivates our building connections with each other because we don't want to be alone. Fear encourages us to go out and do things because we don't want to starve. Like fear is at, like the root of quite a lot of human behaviour. And to just yeah. to. Um, but he has yeah. a point though. He has no, a point though. It's a, if you let yeah. if you let fear dictate, uh, then you are letting the base your base human instincts dictate what you are when we're higher and better than that now we should be and that's the implication is that yeah we are monkeys and therefore we are driven to compete and be fighting and all that sort of stuff but but in the end we're also uh, intelligent beings who have kind of uh, elevated ourselves beyond that and it is a massively base instinct you know I do things like make music or whatever um, to produce something that I'm happy with, I, I'm not. I'm not. It doesn't. Fear is. It's one of them things where you. It's irrational. Whereas I think what they're trying to do is put things right. Um, I love that little scene at the end. I thought it was brilliant. Well, also that in that little scene, Picard and Rios, uh, Vandermeer, who uh, is Rios's father figure, captain guy, he served with. Now I can't. Is it Marta Batinada? Or something. Yeah. I was just about to mention and she, that. And she was the one uh, in that episode where Picard was stabbed through the heart uh, back at the academy. So that's ah, a nice little link. Uh, tapestry. That's tapestry. All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, which we also referenced last week when he was like, "Don't shoot me in the heart." Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's Probably interesting. I'm enjoying those things. They're definitely good. We haven't spoken about Soji and Picard's table scene, yeah. which was just so that this for me is the the beautiful scene of the episode. Uh, yeah. um, there's one every time, but I just think okay, like you just see those shots and like the close up on Jean Luc Picard or um, Patrick Stewart's face, like it's all I love him so much. Um, whenever, we get, whenever we get Patrick, we don't get enough Patrick Stewart in this show for a start, <laughs> but. But whenever we do get the Patrick Stewart that's sitting down and talking and a face-to-face with someone and a real communication, that's when I get all the uh, Captain Picard vibes from it. I think he does them great, better than anybody. He's eye contact. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's called. Like, it's called it's like being a verbal a, hug. Yeah, but he's, that's why he's he's a Sir Patrick because his acting ability and his contribution to acting has been incredible. Um, I tell you a story though. I tell you a story. This is Ooh. so. One of my friends, she's a massive like Doctor Who geek fan of, of all everything like that. And I said to her, <coughs> "Excuse me, have you watched Picard?" And she was like, "No." I was like, "What? Why?" Apparently, she saw him being very rude to someone um, in a queue or something like that. So she's not watched it because of that, which I thought was a bit yeah. sad. Because I mean, everyone's gonna have the moments, aren't they? Particularly famous people when you get bloody hoarded all the time and all that. So he's gonna have a bad day. And I felt that was a bit sad. You know what I mean? Like he must have been proper horrible for her not to watch it because she loves stuff like Star Trek and Doctor Who and that. Bit See, weird. as a Doctor Who fan, Everybody I was expecting something watch. completely different there. What do you mean? Because well, my understanding is that uh, Patrick Stewart very ardently discouraged Lala Ward from doing Doctor Who because you shouldn't really? do sci-fi because it'll be the end of your career. Really. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I, didn't know I mean, that. he was a theatre actor at the time, um, and I think it was like, oh, don't do sci-fi. That that's like the death knell. Um, and and I, I, as far as I, as far as I know, that's a true story. Yeah, he's obviously um, come round to to another Brilliant. way of thinking a, a lot later on. Down it did the definitely take, give his uh, give his acting career a bit of a turn because he's now done quite a lot, a lot of, of sci-fi, sci-fi. And, all, and decidedly yeah. less Shakespeare. And I'm sort of glad makes, that, makes him a shit ton of money. Yeah, I imagine that helps. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can't imagine. I'm glad Alec Guinness didn't go to him. What do you reckon? Do you reckon he should do this Star Wars thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> we don't want to see Alec, Alec Guinness or whatever. Oh, naughty yeah. Picard. Alec Guinness did the whole thing with a sort of sense of disgust about it, though, didn't he? So... he do you know what he did? He, well, he 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 was quite clever, Alec Guinness. So I know this is Star Wars. He requested one percent of all merchandising. You know, the, really? Yeah. yeah. And, and it abs- obviously absolutely minted, you know, from that. I don't, I don't know why he thought that. He just said, I'm not, I don't want paying, but I want 1% of all merchandising. And he there's was, a, yeah, did very well. There's apparently letters that he sent to fans. But he's, he's dead, so that's not Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, can, you can bet your money, but you can't take it with you. You can't. <laughs> yeah. oh. Sorry, Sucky. I think we need to be very careful. No, that's all right. Elderly celebrities who have now passed away because who knows how many other people we should be talking about in the yeah, future. Yeah, I'm going to make a bid for a red shirt now. Nah, fuck them, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right, so we've got like, David Attenborough and Maggie Smith and other people who are. Those, those, are, the, those, are, your two, those are your two token old actors, people. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a lot of them now. Out oh. there. Anyway, moving on. I was going to say, YouTube being very good. <laughs> YouTube being very good this week. It's time for you to have your little arguments. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to come to. I know Andrea's got a load of notes. How are you getting on with them? Um, I'm, I'm ticking them off as I'm going. We're uh, we're chipping away. Oh, yeah. Um, I think um, I, I think we haven't really really talked about Dr. Gerardi. Um, yes. and I'm going to shock you all by saying I have slightly forgiven her a little bit. Me too. Me um, too. They played yeah. it well, didn't they? Said it last I, week. I one, think, one's I my think, heart, 
I still think she didn't necessarily need to kill Bruce Maddox, but uh, okay, it's happened now, and she's kind of acknowledged that. But I think if you look at everyone who's particularly been sort of introduced to us in this series, like really, we've seen a lot of backstory of people, but I think in terms of an on-screen journey, I, I think she's really the, the, had the, the sort of biggest yeah. kind of for, from from start to to moving towards the end, um, certainly from, sort of on screen. From unpopular um, to popular. <laughs> uh, no, she was. I mean, she was. We liked her. I think most of yeah, us liked, we liked her. her. Uh, and then when she did the the evil turn, it wasn't evil. It was, you know, she was very that, upset by doing whatever she did. And and the way it's been played out, I think, has been great. You know, like like Andrea's saying, I'm sort of like on back on board with it, and I wasn't last week, as I said. I think I'm. I didn't like it to start with, so I think I'm as far on board as I've ever been. Yeah. Uh, and I still think that I think she kind of needs to do something. I think she needs that redemption in the next two episodes to kind of cement that. But I, I have an awful suspicion that she will die in the next uh, in the finale. Oh. She'll sacrifice herself because otherwise she'd have to give herself up at Deep Space Nine. Twelve. Um, Twelve. Twelve, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I suspect that of all the people that can die on this, she's the one that is, I mean, aside from Elnor, I think she's the one that might go. See, I think Narek. I think that he's uh, he's clearly in that ship that's followed. I suspect he's he's yes. interested. Yeah. Sister will be there too. It's um, a sister. And like I think he's going to have to pick a side, and it depends if there were sort of a, those sort of tears when he, he thought he he killed Soji and stuff. Yeah. Real is he going to have the? Is he going to be the sort of noble one and and sort of do the right thing at some point? I, I, I think mean, he's a potential death. I mean, talking of character progression, that would be quite awesome. A, a lot of progress for him, I think. Well, it's, 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 it, we're heading to the finale. It's very exciting, big two-parter. Right, I'm going to go a quick round, quick round, quick round with notes. John, mm-hmm. have you got? Have you covered all your notes? Yeah, nearly. Go on then. Uh, quick fire. Jurati, Jurati, uh, and Soji. Yeah. The joy on Jurati's uh, uh, face when she's questioning Soji's beautiful. Was just a delight. Was just a delight. It was really nice. She knows she's got all these bad bad shit happening to her and and she's done some bad things and i feel like she might have been in, uh, you know impelled to kill maddox rather than it being her conscious choice to do so yes. so i think that um i think that moment was lovely and i think when they came out of the, of the whatever room it was that they came out of and soji was helping her along i felt like they'd come to some sort of it was getting it, it, it was also getting aggie back on board you know this, yeah, this yeah. progression of us to sort of take a well everyone to take her back really and um, my last note is Soji all the way through this episode was really chillingly threatening, and a lot of her uh, scenes, just to, just the way she was, the way she was talking to people and I contact, it was like I could rip you to bits any second, and she's not taking any shit anymore. And it was quite yeah. all the way through. I was like thinking she's going to just flip at some point. So that was just quality acting on her behalf. Yeah, Thanks, John. Uh, Lindsay, oh. have you got any notes left? Um, I do. Sorry, I got distracted because the. F- me and down one floor have just turned on Buffy the Vampire Slayer without turning off, the, without closing the curtains. Um, and I keep, I keep I'm trying to figure out what I'm watching. I think I do, which is really sad. Moving swiftly on. Um, so, uh, yes, so for me, that scene between Soji and Picard, which we spoke about, like, again, it's beautiful. Somebody has done this lovely remix whereby they've put in scenes from TNG when Picard is talking about the things that he hopes that Data saw in him um, and things like that, and that's really beautifully done. So that's worth um, hunting out if anybody hasn't seen that yet. I've, I've seen that, that's great, yeah. 
it's just really nicely done. Um, I do think when she goes, he loved you at the end, I'm like, she can't really know that, but it's a nice thing to say. Um, You've got to tell an old man that he could die of coronavirus. <laughs> so for me, um, there's a when Picard speaks about um, man itself was a betrayal. Um, so when he's talking about um, you know this the the the, the betrayal happened before um, before Mars that uh, no before um, whatever. Um, it's interesting because historically, like the things that he's fallen out with Starfleet about have been the treatment of the Romulans, not the mm-hmm. treatment of the synths, as far as I've always kind of got. Um, but presumably, like that all falls into the same thing. We haven't spoken about Admiral What's Her Face. Oh yes, yeah, and the big like shut the fuck up. I Jamie. love that. That was amazing. That moment where she's like, "Oh, I've been waiting to say this to you for so." It was. And she, she, she delivered it so well as well. And he's going, but he, bah, was, bah. he was ra- he was ranting away, wasn't he? Yeah, and I just yeah. was like, yeah, actually. And then he went, yeah, I've got what I want. I got told to shut the fuck up. That was brilliant. And his delight when uh, he gets the squat. Uh, yeah. the squad. And he slaps yeah. his hand. And he's like, yeah. yeah. And she's just going, I don't have time for this. Would you shut up Before, and yeah. listen? <laughs> shut the fuck up and do what you want, Bell End. Let's <laughs> crack on. <laughs> cool. Uh, is is that you rinsed, Lindsay? Um, yeah, I think that's most of the thing. Oh, uh, just a quick thing. Do so. Rios goes. Oh, are we going to fly into this transport corridor without any of these important things? And uh, to hell with the gravimetric shear. As far as I can tell, they did exactly that. Yeah. Um, but maybe they stopped for a few hours and sorted it out before they got there. Well, we don't know. But they got. They look like they're going to get there safely, which is good. Sucky, have you got any more notes? Right, there's a couple of things. Uh, I like the. Yeah, well, I've been as I've been sitting here. I do apologise to anybody that's listening. I haven't really participated that much, but uh, I've got my reasons for that. But anyway, there was a uh, Derek Webster. Now, recognise the name. Last week he appeared in the credits, right at the end of the episode. And I think you know, I know that name from somewhere, and I don't think much of it. And then he he has a bigger part. He's like uh, Nerissa's henchman. Yeah. But he's a quite a big character actor in America, and I and rec- uh, it's only when I saw him in this episode proper, I realised I've actually been watching him in NCIS New Orleans for the past few years. Well, right, so uh, NCIS New Orleans. Yeah. Is that not that's that's not the first time we've had a character from there for an actor from there this season, is yeah, it? That's sec- yeah, that's the second. Yeah, that's the second person, isn't there? Right, oh, you so have to wonder if that's what's his face with his little Star Trek connection still alive. Scott Bakula. That's the one. Yeah. Um, I did also <laughs> like um, the the little scene the, the scene between all five characters sitting in their little mess or having yeah. a good chinwag and realizing putting all the information together and getting everything together and and so everybody knows what's going on. Uh, that was a great scene. The other bit was uh, Picard sitting in the captain's chair and, and then putting his arms up and realizing. <laughs> He has no idea how to fly a ship. Right, that and was I think that was a was, nice yeah, little touch. Yeah. And yes. then right at the end is the little bit where Salji pulls out a compass that she's had from her, what was it, Ankestra, and yeah. just points it at the, uh, the the Borg conduit and goes, it's pointing north, so she knows she's heading now. Yeah. And that was a nice little bit as well. Definitely. Andrea. Um, I picked up on that scene around the, those metal tables as well, and it, it just gave me a little bit of an aliens vibe. Um, and yeah. it almost felt like it was that scene with Bishop, but in reverse, because that scene is all about them making him feel different for being a machine, and that was a scene all about making someone feel accepted. Um, wow, that's good. I, that's, I, that's a big I thought that was quite a nice little. That, that's kind of where that took me. I, I also love aliens. Um, mm. 
I quite like the bit where Picard kind of sits down in the chair. He's like, well, I'm going to fly this. And the music starts kicking in. And he's like, actually, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was quite nice. Um, I thought that was quite sort of it lightened the tone. Um, and actually, my favourite swear wasn't shut the fuck up. It was pissand, which I think is a massively underused swear word. <laughs> I wish it had been shithand, but like, it's still good. It's still what, like, what, it's an underused swear word, and I, I think should kind of resurrect it a bit. Where was that? Was that Rios telling yeah, you to piss, piss off? off? yeah. No, um, well, oh, Rafi well. says something, about, it's all about one pissant neuron. Oh, oh yeah, yes, 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 And yes, I yes. thought, like, yeah, that, that, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's almost like an eat. Good catch. We, we, um, should, we should have a, 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 a swear section, actually, where we discuss the swear words at some point. Uh, carry on, sorry, yes, carry on. Um, I think that's me pretty much ticked off. Uh, Can I just jump in? Because I've just had a really exciting thought about that compass. <laughs> you didn't do your... <gasps> I so... did, but you didn't hear me because oh. somebody else was talking. I did do it. <laughs> There's another one, though. Um, so um, that compass, which was given to her from Kestra, which was given to Kestra by Captain whatever his face is, mm. and just oh, yeah. magically started working um, when she was in space, heading yeah, for it... home. But it didn't work, did it? It was pointing north, and that's... They're not even on a planet. That's not how it works. That's not how yeah, compasses and work. Yeah, it's like a magic compass. <laughs> like, you know, oh, a yeah. compass. It could be a compass that uh, shows the direction to uh, a warp conduit. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. It just and that's why it didn't work, because it wasn't for planetary compasses. Of, oh, oh, that's good. That's see? good. See? It's all if it wasn't for a planetary compass, why have North East Southwest on it? Oh, shush. So can you just well, somebody, shush? Somebody, somebody, I don't know. It's not necessarily an end of the story. Getting you got, <laughs> you got, Come you on, got, I could have said shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Double down on it now. Then. Anyway, before we come to the Jeremy Kyle show again, uh, I'm going to... Why am I always the one who seems to end up on the Jeremy Kyle show? Because you're aggressive. Um, <gasps> <laughs> I'm not offended. I know he's getting oh, my red we, shirt we, We've all got a choice today, haven't we? Um, right, cool. Let's get our lights up with five. How many lights you see? There are four lights! I asked how many lights you see. Lights out with five! Oh, this is going to be interesting, actually, because I don't really know what everyone's going to be doing. Um, I'm going to come to Sucky first. Give me your lights out five. I am going to go... Three and a half, right? Yeah, uh, standard score. Yeah, it wasn't it? Well, yeah, it wasn't a great episode, but it wasn't a bad episode, and a lot of things did happen in there. Yeah. A lot of explanations uh, were, ex well, a lot of things were explained. So I, it is a middle of the road sort of episode, but it's a higher end middle of the road. And I'm pretty sure because quite a, the others here, they all said they were quite down on it or toward average, yeah. but. Listen to them all, so they're quite positive about the episodes. So I want to see how they score as well now. Yeah. But anyway, three and a half out of five. <clears throat> Thanks, okay. Uh, Andrea? Um, I'm going for three and a half as well. 3.5. Um, I don't think there was anything wrong with the episode. Mm. I think, as I said, it was, it was kind of it was a massive info dump, yeah. and they did it really well, but it really felt like the prep for the finale, and I don't think it's an episode I would probably want to go back and watch as a standalone. Yeah. Um, I think it did an important job, but... And I think it did it did what it needed to. But I think in six months' time, if I was picking an episode to watch, I don't think that would be it. I think it harks back to episode two, Maps and Legends, which was a similar sort of thing, I think. Um, big expedition episode, so... Cool. Um, Lindsay? 
3.75. It's lost <laughs> a whack for dodgy accents. But other than that, yeah, no, I think the same things that people have said. It's yeah. lots of like lots of useful information, some nice scenes, but it, this feels very much like maybe the first of three part. Yeah, cool. John? Uh, yeah, I'm going for three uh, lights Ooh. out of five because me no man, there, me no man. There, <laughs> there are a couple of scenes that just don't go nowhere. There's the, the entire seven of nine taking on the ball cube, and then it not really, yeah. nothing really happening. And the Rios uh, holograms scene, which didn't really amount to anything either. <laughs> and also, you do get a lot of the thing that was annoying me was like you'd have the ball cube for like 15 seconds, and then you go back to the. Uh, back to the ship in a different time so everything on the cube happened all very quickly but it was cut up into so many little bits and shoved in the middle that it really annoyed me so three fair enough wow John wow was it mm-hmm. uh, again that's a, that's the same score as you scored the one I mentioned before Maps of Legends episode 2 oh, I am going to if it, the first time I'd have probably joined you on a three John um, but watching it just before the podcast I took a lot more there's a lot to take in from it and you've got to be proper on it. Like when I asked you all, obviously at the beginning, when you know what actually happened with Rios and stuff, uh, there was a lot, just a lot of stuff in it. Um, I'm going to go four and be nice because uh, it was it was great. There was loads of little beautiful moments in it. Good scripting. So you know we learnt a lot. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. Cool. Anyway, enough of what we think. Let's find out what you think. It's time to find out what you lot think via the listeners' feedback section we're about to perform. Uh, just to let you know, don't forget to leave us a, a review on iTunes uh, where you will be entered into a prize draw to win a T-shirt saying, uh, this is my lucky red shirt. You know, that's that's a good prize and Star Trek related. It's large, so, you know, just let you know. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to... Uh, comment and leave us feedback that'd be lovely negative or positive i don't give a shit just leave us feedback because it all adds up to us getting a bit better on the internet apparently so yeah thank you don't forget win a t-shirt win a t-shirt win a t-shirt perhaps win a t-shirt sucky (laughs) (laughs) we've uh we've got bruce wayne uh who's uh uh, on twitter is at nl underscore dark underscore night and he's put La Serena plunges down the Borg transwarp conduit towards the world of the synths. Like the mythological sirens it is named after, the ship is drawing all to itself, but will they be dashed on the rocks of their own jihad? We do have to be thankful that it's not Rios singing to attract them, for I fear how that would sound with the accents it does for duplicate emergency holograms. Accents learnt at the Dick Van Dyke Language School for the Criminally Insane. The crowning of a Borg Queen was sport by Lieutenant Rizal the Rat being a true psychotic zealot and killing all Borg related on her queue. Romulan shops never stock Swedish plants so Elrond was safe from going commando. All those, all those boos I hear from the female contingent. So in the pieces, so the pieces are in place for the final showdown. Oh, what a lovely war with the destroyer against the Jatvash. So buckle up, grab yourself a glass of Twatner's horse semen <laughs> recipe provided did anybody copy that in by the way and get ready and get ready for the ride this looks like he'll be a good one lovely oh, cheers Bruce thanks Bruce, hey, Bruce. he's been yeah. a big regular contributor I like that and I love the name because I'm a massive Batman fan Andrea do you want to take on the next one uh, 
Right, we've got Helen McNess, um, who's at Helen underscore McNess. Um, one, is there such a thing as too much Santiago Cabrera? Even with a Scottish Ian, I'm going with no. Um, <laughs> two, in Picard's speech to Rios in the last scene, which made me cry, he's Bartlett from the West Wing, yes. So is Rafi Josh or Leo? Is Rios Toby? Eleanor is Sam? Who's CJ? I'm going to be honest and say the only episodes of the West Wing I've ever seen are the ones with Jason Isaacs in, so I can't answer any of you. But I'm, I, I think Lindsay might be able yeah, to. It's like, it's like you're a little bit obsessed, Andrea, by Jason Just Isaacs. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I'm going to say that Rafi is definitely Josh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to think about CJ. I don't know. Well, there's only one person missing it, isn't it, really? That's Aggie? Yeah, but Aggie is not CJ, because CJ is excellent. I've and never Aggie's seen... Okay. Oh, look, is CJ the Alison Janney character? She is. All right, she's brilliant in Moth. If you watch Moth, she's fantastic. That, but I've never like watched West Wing. Oh, come on, guys, you're killing it's me. It's meant to be very good. John? <laughs> uh, is this Deb? Um I am trying hard not to start yet another Picard episode comment with wow, but wow. <laughs> we now know more about Commodore Oil than Jacques Vash. Instantly, if you are really sad and pause the vision the group have at the start of the episode, the android's face definitely evolves to look like Data. I was sad enough to photograph him, see attached. I have, it's, it's definitely a picture of Zeta. Who was Captain Vandermeer? I think there is more to learn about who he was and the connection with Rios. If all androids have four letters in their name, what does that say about John? <laughs> and is his word fully functional? <laughs> it all comes back oh, to that, Deb, John. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want you and Deb to do it one-on-one, me. I'll <laughs> be class. Can I have a hospitality hologram that pops up when I run out of gin? I'm not going to mention the accents, as it seems clear Rios was pissed when he programmed them. I can live with that. Can we believe anything Aggie says? Poor thing tells Ricard she doesn't want to talk about the vision she saw, then won't shut up about it. When she said, I'm done murdering people, I was yelling for the crew to move away very quickly. Rewatching again now, but send best comments in now because Andrea said she'd kill me if I went on too long. But she continues, John, in the form of Twitter. Yes. Yeah, also, please point out that Ian the engineer sounds exactly like Angsty. It's a brilliant accent. Tribute to our homeland. And she goes on to say, uh, I don't know why, but uh, you clearly never had the pair on the book fast. <laughs> we need to get Deborah on this show. She is excellent. I love it. Um, Deborah. Deborah, thank you. Deborah, you can fuck right off. Oh, <laughs> oh she, she, she feisty one this week. She feisty one. Uh, talking of feisty ones, go on then, Lindsay. Um, so I have Shep's Deep Dive um, from Twitter at Deep Shep's. Um, Alison Pill acting is amazing. Uh, heartbreaking, award-winning, superb performance. Um, I'm going to be awful and say I can't remember who Alison Pill was playing, but I'm sure she was delightful. Um, fantastic Rio's backstory and Seven can really pop up anywhere. Here's hoping at the next bath I have. A uh, great resonating quote from Picard, fear is the great destroyer. 10 out of 10, does it get any better? Nice one. Cheers, Sheps. We've got Amy on Twitter. I had a feeling that Commodore O was only half Vulcan, uh, so it's nice to get confirmation of that in this episode. So far, uh, still no mention of uh, the Varsha. Uh, is that right? Varsha? Varsha? Uh, but I wouldn't it be surprised if they come up in this conspiracy mess. Speaking of conspiracies, we've done a lot of that tonight. Uh, Rafi laying it all out during the uh, Le 
last Serena uh, Cruz little meeting was great. Seems like she's uh, been thinking about it about it a while uh, I'm about to uh, I'm, I I about lost my mind uh, when Seven hooked herself up to the cube uh, and and again when all of the XBs were jettisoned uh, I was so glad to see Narissa get her comeuppance um, but where the hell is Narek gone uh, I felt a little bit bad for Picard at the end of the episode when he sat down and was like I don't know how to work this why it was a lovely little scene that was cute um, and I can't believe season one is nearly over already it is as well two more episodes left wow uh, by the way no coronavirus cases reported from the cruise oh you're a, you're a corona, corona cruiser excellent uh, <laughs> but I've but I've been I've been put on leave from work for the next week as a precaution anyway I hope you get your full pay Amy um, I must admit slightly a slight disappointment at not being uh, quarantined with Ethan Peck alas thank you very much <laughs> for that you hope you're alright and all that yeah uh, we've got Darren Pickles. Um, he's put, I enjoyed this week's episode. I love the scene with Soji and Picard discussing data. I was glad that Elnor survived and that nasty Narissa got her come up with. I wonder if she got assimilated. It was a chilling moment when Seven and Nine turned into a boar queen. Yeah, it's not that very very clear that uh, Narissa did actually survive. It, it is that is a transport beam, isn't it? It was. It, it looked like it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Andrea. Che- cheers, Darren. Thank anyway. you. Yeah. Uh, Andrea Mark Cochran. Uh, on, on Facebook, I really enjoyed this episode. Those crazy Romulans really know how to party, don't they? I'm not sure I particularly want to take part in their version of Russian roulette, though. Am I the only one who was amazed that Bob hasn't made a Jacques Vash Shat Vaj joke yet? <laughs> 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 it was good to see Seven and Elf Boy team up. I loved the scene when Picard and Soji talked about data. That was very moving. Could have done without Rios's holograms, mangling of British and Irish accents. Any thoughts, Lindsay? Oh, yes. Uh, and on the subject of Rios, he seems to have served under Mike Pence. The story is really gaining momentum now. I'm very much looking forward to the climax. Who were misses? Thanks, Mark. And, uh, don't well, forget to check out his podcast, Nerdology. You've, uh, there's some right legends that have appeared on that in the podcasting world. In the Lindsay. <laughs> one or two, one or two. Aye, aye. And you, Bob. Fuck off, John. Uh, <laughs> it's your turn. It's your turn, John. Gary Russell. Sadly, I won't be able to watch this episode till Monday, but I'm still giving it nine out of ten. That's the kind of <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Gary. Cheers, Cheers Gary. Thank oh, you. Thank yeah. you very much for the feedback. It's very much appreciated. Don't forget about the competition with the feedback as well, which I should have said at the beginning when I was on about competitions. You can win John's little bit of wood, um, a little Star Trek badge that he's crafted with his own fair hand paws. That you, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to give away to who he perceived to be the best contributor to the show. Now, I think at the moment, to be honest, it's kind of a, a tie between Bruce Wayne and Deb. Um, at the moment but that could all change the next round um, so yeah keep it coming and don't forget yeah you can win John's Woods you can win a t-shirt for reviews on iTunes and all that we've got all these competitions going on so get involved get involved get involved anyway it's time for my favourite part of the show we're going to vote for this week's red shirt my favourite part of the show I've just made up a theme tune we're going to vote for the red shirt red shirt red shirt red shirt red shirt love it, love it, love thanks it. thanks okay. since you were talking vote right I've got two people that I wanted to vote for Lindsay for swearing at me Right, swear and I, think it, I didn't yeah. swear well swear somebody <laughs> swore somebody swore and I thought Lindsay but then but then halfway through the episode somebody told somebody said that they they're going to reveal themselves as the big bad of the season 
and that was Andrea, and that was a big massive spoiler. You probably ruined the last two episodes for me. But so I'm going to vote for Andrea. Oh wow, wow Sucky, big lad, eh? Big lad. Well, uh, I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him up by for Andrea. I'm going to be honest. I think I'm, I'm going to change my vote because in what's rapidly becoming a tradition of me voting for somebody oh. who's not even on the fucking show, <laughs> I was going to vote for Deb because I think she would really like to be red shirt. But um, I, I'm going to have a revenge vote. At Sookie. I'm oh, sorry. Sookie, that, that's yeah. fine. Absolutely fine. Is, I, that, I understand. is that just pure revenge, or did you do anything wrong that you didn't like in the podcast, well, Andrew? She's that's just, just pure, pure, pure evil revenge. Yeah, well, she's <laughs> the big bad. You know, she's got to go. I have a big bad. Exactly. Yeah. I've got a. I'm gonna crush the minions. Oh, like. so. I'm not a minion. <laughs> I'm a sidekick. So one for Suki and one for Andrea. Lindsay. Well, Bob, it's gonna have to be you, sir. What have I fucking done wrong this week? I've been very you well said behaved. You was aggressive. All right. Which may or may not be and, accurate. And now you've been more aggressive. So my point is proof. I think you'll find I am forceful. Well, same if I was a boy, you wouldn't call me aggressive. Would you bite? But that's not the point. No, yeah, assertive then. You're, 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 yeah, you are, no, you are aggressive, Stop Lindsay. Digging. You're aggressive. Stop uh, well, that's fine. I'll take that on the team, on the, on the chin team, <laughs> team, team <laughs> chin. I don't know what I'm saying. Who are you going to vote for, Bob? Me, Lindsay. She can oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Horrible! You're you're aggressive, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna vote for you. No, 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 no. Hold on. This is why John just chipped in. There. I know he did. I know he's what he's doing. Casting, casting vote. I know he has. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's just wrong. That is. Yeah, I know what he's done. So, can we have a summary of what the score is so far? So on one is Sucky, uh, uh-huh. on one is Andrea, uh, uh-huh. on one is Lindsay, and on one is Bob. All right. So, ah, Lindsay was quite horrible to you in the episode, though, John. I did feel. Yeah, well, that's the right bastard thing you've just done in saying that Bob so um, <laughs> so obviously it's sucky for not talking enough this episode ah! <laughs> sucky get in <laughs> It's becoming a theme. This is. Right. So this this week is <laughs> Red Shirt we are going to destroy his sucky. Um, how do you want to destroy him John? Coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Cut. After all, yeah. I'll just be telling you off air, and you're going on back. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't listening off air. Oh. I went for a drink. Yeah. Anyway, oh, you, you've got yeah. COVID nineteen. Okay. Enjoy your cruise. <laughs> Thank you. If the world doesn't die and there is a next week, uh, we'll be watching the well, the start of the finale, uh, two episodes of Picard, uh, which are both entitled "Et in Arcadia Ego." And both directed by uh, Akiva Goldsman. Ooh, check me out there. Check me out there. I got it right, Sorry. Same words. Amazing. Yeah, doing well, aren't I, John? Thanks very right. much. But uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, can't wait for the finale. It's been a brilliant journey so far. Um, yeah, so thanks again for listening. Thank you for joining me, guys. And don't forget to wash your hands, everybody. Don't forget to wash your hands. And don't forget to check out what's your podcast called, John and Sucky. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> Take his seat, you yeah. You're back in the you're back in the, the pod zone, aren't you now with Proctoroo? Uh I've been yes. off, off air and going once a month. So Proctoroo feed, trek this uh, not trek this out, uh, take your seats, sorry. <laughs> Who have you got on next time? Nobody because <laughs> We haven't organised it yet. <laughs> we haven't What? It was uh...
<laughs> but what we've, was got, it? we've got a kind of uh, we've kind of like listened to what Andrea said earlier. So, Event Horizon might be the thing. Oh, get, yeah, get Andrea on then, eh? She's more or less yeah, hung, hung herself with Harry? that. I know I'm a big bad. I don't know if I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Check that out, and if any, and if anyone, I mean, they are desperate. So if anyone wants to go on the show, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we were that touch. desperate. We had Bob on there twice. <laughs> Not yet, you haven't. You only been once. Have we? Okay. Yeah. So fucking think about that. I told well, you. Well, what film was that, Bob? Well, I, I did Star Trek Two: Rough Account. You did quality film, and I did a very good job actually. If you remember, you did. He did a wonderful job, which was very. Is that the one where he actually does some research? Yeah, that was the one. Why yeah. is John sucking up to you? No, I'm just pretty nice to Bob. It happens occasionally. Me and John, me, me and John have been through everything together. We we were in a band together. We did pod, we did 52 podcast episodes together of comedy. <laughs> well, set comedy. Which won't let anybody listen to. Yeah, because well, they're awful. The reason for that. <laughs> awful, awful. Um, anyway, thank you very much, and we'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. We just came 25 light years in 15 minutes. I noticed a little turbulence. We call it Capaleus. I was born there. Do they hate us? I really don't think so. I'm picking up five bogeys coming right at us. All power's gone. What do we do about it? Grace yourself!